Hello everyone, this is Matthew Bennett. I want to talk about the Word of God. I want to bring up just a few verses. And... Let's see here. And then get that. There we go. Trying to get this app to work. All right. Now, going to Psalms. And it is one sixteen. Verse 13. I was reading a few days ago, and this hopped out at me, this verse. Uh, that'll happen when you're in the Word of God. You know, sometimes you'll get a verse that will hop out at you. Even though you may have read the Word of God or whatever certain book that you're in, you may have read through it. But it hops out at you as if like you've never read it before. Never seen it before. Um, so I was reading in Psalm 116 verse 13 says, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Just think about that for a minute. Just kind of let it get into you, you know. Meditate on it. I know about salvation. And like we're being, you know, we're being saved. I mean, I know it says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Although that type of fear is not one where you're so afraid of God, but I mean still it's a it's a healthy it's a healthy fear. But uh, when I was thinking the cup of salvation and calling upon the name of the Lord well, along with that, along with that cup, just think of like if the Lord had given you a cup, like say it was a mixed drink, so to speak. But I mean, it's him and he wants you to drink that cup down. Well, there's, there's other things to salvation. Um, and along with being salvation, uh, you know, coming to the Lord and, and that being saved aspect, I believe that the fruits of 
the spirit are things that are automatically, I believe they're automatically in us. I could be wrong on that, but I feel they're automatically in us. And we just need to activate them. And they're things that, as it says in in let's see Galatians five. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So... Uh, another version says patience too instead of long suffering but long suffering I mean being able to be you know I, I like the version that says patience because we definitely need that we need these things you know in this world you know, love. I remember God told me one time, he said, it isn't just, just um, that the order of those things, he goes, there's a reason why love is number one in the fruits of the Spirit. Of course, that should be probably the most important, obviously, love, because we definitely need it in this world. We need to love the people of the world. Uh, if you're following after the Lord, you're going to have enemies. You need to love them. You need to love your neighbor as you love yourself. As I talked about in the past uh, podcast. And these things, you're going to be in circumstances. Um, these things are very crucial in today's world. Peace. You know, you need to be at peace. Uh, it also says to be at peace with all men, if it's possible. Which it is. It's possible with the Lord. But you need to ask the Lord to help you. You know? Sometimes we forget that we have fruits. And it says you shall know them by their fruits. Meaning. That I mean. With enough discernment. You'd be able to tell. Knowing them by their fruits. Whether well, if this person was really following the Lord. 
And if they're not, you know, the difference between who's, you know, really a sinner and living a sinner's life and who's really following after the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean we're perfect. I'm not saying that I'm perfect, you know, but whenever we do fall, we just ask for the Lord's forgiveness. Because it also says, even though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. So, none of us are perfect, but if it's, it is possible to attain to that. It is possible, so. Whether if we'll ever get there, I don't think we will, but it is possible. And we should be to where you're seeing that change. You're seeing people go forward. And you're seeing these fruits of the Spirit coming out of believers. You know, if you're really truly following after the Lord, and asking the Lord to help you in these areas, you'll see these things coming out of yourself. The love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering. You know, hanging in there, having that patience, uh, gentleness. You got a gentleness about you, goodness, faith, meekness, meekness, temperance. Um, when you hear some of these things, you know, gentleness, you know, goodness, faith. Yeah, we're supposed to, you know, be like that, but. There are some things that we don't have to stand for. Well, that's where holy righteous anger comes in. I mean, there is that type of anger where you just get in your flesh and get angry where you do things where it gets you to where it was wrong, to where it was sin. And I've, I've been in that type of anger before. But I've had a holy righteous anger. Jesus had holy righteous anger. But he was without sin. The one example that one people want to take apart sometimes. And when I've been evangelizing. Some people have taken apart this. And tried to test me. As a non-believer. There are some who... Who know this uh, story, but they said, well, wasn't, wasn't Jesus, you know, just really full of anger? I mean, he flipped over the money changer tables, right? Yes, he did. But once again, that was holy, righteous anger. Because he just didn't, he didn't want to stand for it. He flipped them over and opened up the cages and, and you know, let the birds you know, fly out, and all these things that they were just selling, you know, and he said, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves, a den, like to them, it wasn't a house of prayer, they set it up and to them it was like a den and it was thieves and, and people just selling and doing stuff like that 
when it should be a house of prayer. And remember that we are the temple. It's not the four walls of a church, but yes, there are a lot of churches who do uh, prayer things, and there's nothing wrong with that. But remember that once again, we are the temple. Speaking, of, I am speaking of our bodies. So wherever we go, we could set ourselves up and make it into a house of prayer. But either you're the type of Christian that really truly is living for the Lord, or there are false people out there. So if you're false and not living for the Lord, and in a sense, wherever you go, that you're trying to be a thief and, and sell things and make a quick buck, well, that's not how the temple is supposed to be treated. Because especially... The things that you think, it'll transfer into your heart. And you think about it long enough, you're going to start to act upon some of those things. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And yet remembering... Go back to the fruits of the Spirit. Those things you should let get into your heart. And obviously, you know, there's there's more than that. But still, I believe when you, once again, you initially call upon the name of the Lord and you get saved and you come to Him, that those fruits of the Spirit are in you. And all throughout your Christian walk, you should always be letting God help you in these areas. Because there's not going to be like one area where, you know, you shouldn't be like in any of those areas saying, well, I know what all, all there is there is. I, I know everything about love. I know everything about joy. I mean, even areas... You know, like that where you may think you know a lot, and you might. But still, you're always going to be in room. Uh, there's always going to be room for improvement. That's what I was trying to say. Improvement. So, room for improvement. So, let me read those again. Galatians 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And sometimes when it talks about using the word law, the Old Testament law, Jesus, when he died, on the cross 
We no longer had to go by all those rules and regulations and trying to live up to the Old Testament law. And yet the wonderful thing about him, since he was perfect and without sin, he was the only one who was able to go by the Old Testament because it's all the inspired word of God. It's God breathed. And yet that's something that's kind of hard to fathom as you try to meditate, you know, on that one. Thinking, you know, well, Jesus died on the cross, so we know I have to no longer have to do the Old Testament law. No no longer have to do once again as I just said the rules and the regulations. Having to bring like um, a ram or whatever it would be and having these uh, animals having to sacrifice it for the sin that you've done. It's all been done with. Jesus on the cross. But we still need to have a repentant life. Because there are times that we still may slip and fall a little bit. I mean, because if once again you're really truly following after the Lord, you be able to, you shall be able to know them by their fruits, as the Word said. And these are some of the fruits that I think that are automatically in a person once you get saved. Once again, I could be wrong about that, but I've always believed and felt that in my heart. And let me just quickly go back to the verse again in Psalms. Here we go. Psalms 116, verse 13. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Well, think too. Not only just the cup, it says too in God's word, my cup runneth over. We should have a cup that's running over. But still, I never thought of it this way. And call upon the name of the Lord. Once again, the rest of it. We should always be calling upon the name of the Lord. We should learn to go to God first. Four things. Not only calling upon the name of the Lord... And a person gets saved. That's great when they do. Once again, we rejoice with them. And we're happy for them. And the angels in heaven are rejoicing over them. But in that cup, because 
It's not that we go to... Oh, I don't know. Like I've been serving the Lord just about 26 years, as I said. But say if it was like, oh, I've served the Lord 15 years. And that's it. I'm done with my walk. No, we have to just keep on going. But we can't make it without the Lord. And there's always going to be verses. There's going to be something that will come out at you. And you're not going to know what it is. You know, what it what it really means. Although it will initially grab you. So meditate on that. Get those verses in you. I mean, with the rest of the Word of God, obviously. Because there will be some... Uh, verses 2 where once again God will show you what it means in a deeper way now for me it was like I had never read it before but I'm in the Old Testament right now myself pray about that and see where God will lead you where he wants you to read I was in the New Testament for years and then I just thought about it and maybe that was God trying to get a hold of me too that could be true. God was trying to get a hold of me. And the thought crossed my mind saying, I haven't been in the Old Testament in a long time. Right after that, I just felt like led to go back to the Old Testament. So right now I'm in Psalms. Uh, which there's, there's a lot of stuff in Psalms. But it seems to me like in Psalms, a lot of times, with the stuff that I'm reading now, like, there was God's wrath, and he was angry against people who did disobedience. We need to be in obedience, and as we're in obedience, it talks about God blessing people, blessing the saints. Well, that's true today. God blesses his saints. And is he angry with us? And does he, has, does he have wrath? Well, Jesus uh, bridged that gap. Once again, there is going to be God's wrath at the end. But that's why we right now need to be living for him. Especially in this uh, COVID-19 thing and this virus. Well, Lord, uh, um, Lord, I don't, I, Lord, I pray right now. That's what I want to do. I was trying to think of what I was going to say, but I feel you want me to pray. Lord, I pray. For those who are listening and if they're Christians, Lord, help them not to be in fear. Because truly, if we're living for you and standing upon your word, you've taken away that fear. And if there's any perfect love, cast out all fear. So, Lord, help those who are listening to live by faith. 
to live by faith, Lord, to live for you. Help them, Lord, to exemplify the fruits of the Spirit. Help them to show those. So in your word, when it says, you should know them by their fruits, that people can look at them and say, yeah, that person, I know their fruits. I know that they're a Christian. Or even others who are not saved, who might know that person, or even if they don't really hardly know them, would still look at them. And even though this unbeliever may obviously believe differently, We'll be able to look at them to say, oh yeah, that's one of those Christians. Oh yeah, some of that, some of those things, that's probably what Christians do. Yeah, they're, they're really nice. Uh, seems like a loving person. Yeah. yeah, I could tell that that's a Christian. Because they'll be able to see the fruits that you're producing. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, for what you're going to do. Lord, help us to go forward in you Lord we need forward progress we don't need to go backwards I've even heard before Lord that we're not supposed to look back at past things that God has done well Lord I don't I don't see anything wrong with that I can, I can, I can see looking back at the goodness of the Lord and in some things of what God has done. I still don't see anything wrong with that. But as long as we still keep ourselves once again going forward, because God wants to, he'll always take you to the next level. And you can't do that once again without the Lord. And even as you get to that next level, you should still be producing fruit for God. You know, there's producing fruit for God too, as in you're doing good things for the Lord. You're living the right way. You're walking the straight and narrow. Uh... And broad is the pathway that leads to uh, destruction. Our path should be a narrow path. We shouldn't be on the path to destruction. So once again, if you see somebody on the path of destruction, well then obviously they're not a true Christian. But 
if you ever come across somebody who claims that they're a Christian, but they're living the wrong way, they're not producing the right fruits, it could be possible that they had given their lives to the Lord at one point, but then they just started living however they wanted to. But pray for them. Pray that they would finally get lined up with the Lord. They would have enough conviction that it would bring them to really serving the Lord and walking their life out for the Lord. Or there's ones where they're almost right there. They, it seems like they've been there for a while where they almost want to make that decision. But they've been sitting on the fence. Well, pray for them. That God would woo them and get a hold of them. Woo them on to him. That eventually that they would get off of that fence and make a decision for the Lord and finally stand strong. So, I thank everybody and praise everybody who have been listening today. May you be blessed on this Sunday. As I was preparing and getting ready, I didn't... I kind of knew a few of the things I was going to talk about. And some of the things I didn't, obviously. But I have times like that uh, with the Lord. But he does say, open up your mouth and I will feel it. I will, f- I will fill it up. So, learn to get into a flow of the Holy Spirit. Learn to let the Holy Spirit uh, speak to you and use you. Um, since I've been doing evangelism for many years... Uh, I've been learning that, getting into a flow of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit leading us as I've been out and been out uh, with other people. But uh, that too, we had to do our part. I had to do my part to help get that flow going. I had to pray, I had to read God's word, and I would praise him. And my other ministry partner, well, I've had other, let's just say other partners, but for now, the one partner that I've had for many years, he's done the same thing. He would read the word of God, uh, he would praise, and he would get into prayer. He would do those three things. And then we would get together and a lot of times say an initial prayer before we would get out of the vehicle. 
and we would have gospel tracks on us and we would hand them out to people and all that preparation we did before and like I say that initial prayer before we uh, you know started we would park the vehicle and before we would get out that initial prayer you know all that um, we'd uh, be out there and the Holy Spirit would lead us. Um, I'm still learning how to be in the flow of the Holy Spirit, not just for evangelism, but for my life as I'm walking out for God, as I'm continuing, continuing to produce that fruit and those fruits of the Spirit that are in us. Once again, go to God. Keep asking God to help you to activate those things that are in Galatians, as it was read earlier. So once again, God bless all who have uh, heard this message and have yourselves a great day in Jesus mighty name I pray it Amen Hi everybody Welcome to Stepping Out for God. I want to talk this time about between um, being a carnal Christian and being a spirit-filled godly Christian. And the verse that came to my mind is... 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. See, you can't have a fleshly carnal mind and being able to pull down those strongholds. In verse uh, 5, right after that, it says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So you got to be in the spirit to be able to uh, do these things. And, you know, so as you tap into God, uh, just pray and ask him to help you to get into the spirit. Obviously, you know, you need to repent of any sins that there are. Ask for uh, the Lord's forgiveness. Um... And 
Um, you know, that's without saying, obviously, having uh, a repentance kind of a life, obviously. Um, a carnal Christian is fleshly-minded and is usually a people-pleaser. Um, you're not really worried about trying to please God because, once again, it's coming from a carnal mind. A carnal Christian follows man's rules. And let's go to the to the word for that. You can get, get rid of it. Here we go. Colossians 2, verses 21 to 23. Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of man, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh now once again not talking about things like because here in the world obviously there's things like um, if you drive a car obviously you know make sure that you follow the speed limit um, the Ten Commandments, when it says, uh, Thou shalt not steal, that's Ten Commandments, but even though that's something from the Bible and the Old Testament, obviously, uh, in today's world, if you steal, you get caught and you can go to jail. So, uh, still, you should follow those things. But um, some of the examples here, um, a spirit-filled Christian likes to do God's will for their lives. Um, a lot of times I think a carnal-minded, fleshly Christian is kind of going through the motions. Because if you're not doing it coming out of the spirit and you're kind of carnally minded and you're in your flesh, I almost like to think that that puts a bad taste in God's mouth. Just like if you are someone who is um, lukewarm. You know, God says if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Um, 
And, you know, maybe some of these carnal Christians, as they call themselves, may not have been shown how to be a spirit-filled uh, Christian. But once again, go to God, pray, uh, ask God after you have repented to help get you into the spirit. Um, one good way to do that is praising God. Get into some praise and worship. Stuff that really can get you into that presence and try to just get in there and soak and seek the Lord and praise God coming from a pure heart. So if there's anything in your heart that shouldn't be there, ask God to take it. Just tell God, say, God, take anything out of my heart that isn't right, that shouldn't be there. Once again, maybe it goes back to things that should be repented of. Um, but a spirit-filled Christian likes to do God's will for their lives. And I got some verses. Here for that. Hebrews 13, verses 20 and 21. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing, in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, God will do that work, but you also have to do your part and be submitted over to God for that to happen. And another one here. Let's see, going to Ephesians five. Fifteen to nineteen. I see then that you walk, or uh, excuse me, let me start over. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. All right there. A lot of people want to say, well, what is the Lord's will or what is the will, Lord's will for my life? Well, 
that's where it comes in the, the seeking God uh, you know the meditating on uh, God's word um, asking him ask questions you know come before the Lord but once again repent of anything and then come to the Lord uh, verse 18 and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit of course we know not to be drunk with wine or you know whether hard alcohol or whatever not to be drunk with those things to be a drunkard that's uh, that's a sin but get filled with the Holy Spirit a lot of times carnal minded Christians that are in their flesh they're filled up with things of the world their mind and their heart and they don't know what it's like to be filled up with the Spirit or maybe have never had that experience before and maybe they just have never had yet a baptism of the Holy Spirit yet either so and verse 19 speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord so we know that you know even though we're not uh, perfect you can really tell a spirit-filled uh, Christian someone who has really had that change in their life because they are seeking the Lord they're doing their best to try to do God's will uh, for their lives and you know I remember what it was like when I first started out and when I got saved and came to the Lord there were certain things that I didn't quite understand until I had that experience especially the one of being baptized in the Holy Spirit once I had that happen I had just a little bit of an understanding of what it's like to be filled up uh, with the Lord but over the years uh, I've understood some of these things uh, a little bit more and once again that verse 2nd Corinthians 10 4 the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty for the pulling down of strongholds If you want to be able to pull down strongholds, then start to learn to get in this into the spirit, being in the power of the Holy Spirit, and once you get into the power 
of the Holy Spirit, knowing the power and authority that you have inside yourself, then you'll be able to war. But there's that that that's like kind of a whole other thing and a teaching, so to speak, too, about uh, warfare and doing types of warfare, and then. You know, you get off, branch off into things like doing, uh, you know, casting out, uh, casting out demons and uh, things like that. But not everyone is uh, called to doing that type of thing, doing deliverance ministry. But I also believe that as Christians. We should learn enough to be able to do the basics of deliverance ministry. Anyways, those are some of the differences between uh, carnal-minded, fleshly Christian as compared to a godly, spirit-filled Christian, because the godly, spirit-filled Christian has their mind, they're thinking about things of the Lord. They'll uh, be meditating on things that maybe they read in the Word that day, and uh, things like that. Um, Carnal-minded Christian sometimes doesn't... uh, read the word or if they do once again they'll go and read it but they may not retain as much as what they read Uh, they may not pray and ask for the Holy Spirit's help when they're reading uh, the word and a lot of times they're worried too much about the affairs of this world doesn't mean that a spirit-filled Christian doesn't sometimes worry about things. Um, Once in a while, I might still catch myself worrying about something. But then again, I know uh, to give it up to God right away. And say, Lord, take away my worry uh, from me. So... So there are there are uh, differences, you know. As I used to say to some of my friends, there's different levels of Christianity. Uh, that could be one level right there. A carnal-minded Christian. And also being a spirit-filled Christian... I believe the only way to be for the Lord truly is to be on fire for God. Because if you're cold, then to me, cold is like you're not really doing anything. You know, where it says, I would have you be hot or cold. 
If you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Well, I've meditated on that one throughout the years. I can see the whole lukewarmness thing. You're kind in God, sometimes you're not. Once again, it just puts probably that bitter taste in God's mouth. And yet there's hardly anything probably to spit out if you're cold for the Lord. He would like you to be hot and on fire for him. So that way you can be the most effective for God and for him to use you. Especially, once again, being in these last days. You know, we can't be messing around. We can't be, uh, so to speak, you know, sitting here, you know, playing games. I mean, you know, it's time to get serious. And we should always be uh, serious. Uh, and I guess as I'm mentioning this too, if you've ever, ever heard of the Smorgasbord Christian too. That's the type of Christian where they read God's word and they take just what they want out of the Bible. Whether good parts or whatever, a lot of times they leave some of the bad stuff or hard parts of the Bible that they just don't like reading. They leave that stuff out and so it's a smorgasbord for them. They don't consider the whole word, word of God and that's what we should consider. We shouldn't leave any of it out. But the smorgasbord Christian does. So that's uh, another another level, I guess, if you want to say another, you know, version, level, whatever of... Uh, Christianity and it's kind of close to what God wants but you know I believe that the smorgasbord Christian that to me that leaves a bad taste in God's mouth the lukewarm Christian leaves a bad taste in God's mouth uh, the carnal minded Christian is leaving a bad taste in God's mouth doesn't mean that God doesn't love everybody because he does because he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for the sins of the whole world but you just need to know how to get totally lined up with God now does that mean that a spirit filled godly Christian is perfect no none of us are we all still stumble and fall short of God's glory. Once again, do I believe though that it's possible that a person can be not only saved and become perfect? I believe it is possible, but I don't know if it ever will happen. So, um, try to get in to being 
a spirit-filled, godly Christian. And if you're still trying to wrap your mind around that, wondering, well, what is a spirit-filled, godly Christian? Just repent, give it to God, and ask God to help you. To say, Lord, this is, I think, a new concept for me. Lord, I repent of all my sins. Lord, speak to me. Show me things in your word. Show me what it means to be a spirit-filled, godly Christian. I don't know. And I'm still learning myself. May we never get to the point where we stop learning. We always need to be humble before the Lord and having a teachable heart, a softened up heart and a teachable heart. Because, like I said before with evangelism, I'm still learning this many years later. And this many years later, I'm still learning what it means to be in the Spirit. Like when I touched upon getting in the Lord's presence and praising and worshiping Him. Well, that right there, it says, Those who worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. I'm still learning what it means when I come before the Lord. And I'm praising and worshiping Him. Because I'm trying to do it by the Spirit. You know, you can't do it being carnally minded and being in your flesh. If you're going to be in your flesh and then going through the motions and trying to praise and worship God, well then as the praise and worship is going on and you're singing out, your praise and worship will probably go about as far as the ceiling and back down. For it to touch the God, you need to be in the Spirit and it needs to come from a pure heart. Now in the natural, as long as it's coming from a pure heart and you're in the spirit, then it's beautiful to God. So in the natural, it doesn't matter what your voice sounds like. Because a lot of times, a lot of us say, well, I don't have the greatest sounding, you know, voice. And it doesn't matter. I don't think of myself as having the greatest sounding voice. But I definitely... Every time I do try to make sure it's from a pure heart and that I'm in the spirit. And I know with that, God thinks I have a beautiful sounding voice. And we were meant to praise and worship the Lord because he's the only one worthy of praise, only one worthy of glory, only one worthy of honor. And that's what we should inspire to. As you learn to be a spirit-filled Christian and doing God's will for your life, it's not for yourself, but doing it 
unto God in a way that it's going to honor and glorify God. So for those who have been listening and maybe you just haven't crossed over yet, you don't know how to do it. You maybe haven't had a baptism of the Holy Spirit yet or any of those things. I would like to pray right now. Lord, I thank you for this day and this time. For those who may be carnally minded Christians and maybe they just haven't crossed over into doing things in the Spirit and being a Spirit-filled Christian, Lord, I pray that you would help them to cross over. I pray that if they haven't had a baptism in the Holy Spirit, they would have that baptism today, Lord. And, Lord, I just pray that this message would be used to not only touch people's lives, but encourage people in the body of Christ. And if somebody just so happens to also be listening and they're not saved at all, but maybe they were listening, maybe God is trying to draw them. Maybe you're trying to draw them in, Lord. And maybe someone else was ministering to this person or friend of theirs or whatever it would be, Lord, and they just so happen to have caught this message, I also pray eventually that they would call out the name of Jesus, that they would come also and get saved and and to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior so they can also come to know you and have that personal relationship between you and your son. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen.